Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. And of course, I'm very excited for you to be here today. But today is one of those days where we do a reverse interview where someone interviews me, one of your FitFan members. And this interview gets really deep. We talk about relationships. We talk about marriage. We also talk about the things that are happening in society right now and how we can somehow come together. It's going to be filled with fitness, fun, motivation, and a lot of tools that will help you be better in your family. So get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say, hey, yeah. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Renee, what's up? How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. So good to be here. So exciting. I'm so exciting. Okay, so Renee, really quick before you start asking me questions, I want you to give just a really quick background on, you know, your journey, your baby's journey, your fitness journey, so people can know, you know, a little bit about you. Okay, so obviously, like you said, I, I um, knew Scott when he played professional soccer in Buffalo <laughs> and during our crazy wild times. And I met you because you came to actually came to my father's funeral. That was the first time I met you, which I've always thought was a very wonderful thing to do. We hadn't met yet. And that was the first time we met and I got to know you. And um, yeah, I just saw what you brought into Scott's life. And so that was really special for me. And I just thought, man, if this person makes him happy, I'm going to be friends with him. Then I really figured out who you were as Sean T. (laughs) Because to me, you're Sean Blocker, you know, my family member. Um, And I have always wanted to be like, I've always strived to be like that in that fit fam world. Like I always, you know, my deep down, I wanted to do it, but I always had some doubts and whatever. And it took me a little while to really figure it out. And some of my questions here, will dive into this that I have for you. But, um, you know, I started doing your workouts and I'll never forget, you know, my naivety, naivety, never say that word right. Um, you know, in my mind back in the day when your, when your workouts were all on DVDs and stuff, I was always like, Oh, he's probably got hundreds of them sitting in the back room somewhere. I'm going to have him give me one and I'm going to do it. 
little did I know that is not actually the truth, but I was like, Hey, I want to do rock and body or something. And you and Scott sent it to me and I realized, okay, this didn't come from his back room. This is sort of a long story. Then I had a conversation with Scott into which he said, I know your generosity. You don't mind giving this stuff to anybody, but you always said the person who invests in themselves gets more out of it. And I have thought about that probably for 10 years now. And every time you put out something, um, it's like I'm, I invest in myself, but with you as my trainer, but that meant a lot to me. I'm like, I know that if I put this in my investment in and it's for me and it's taken me a few years to figure that out, but I'm there now, as far as fitness goes, I feel a little bit more part of that, that family part of that. Like I was always real hesitant in that way. Um, we also connect in the fact that we both have twins. I have twin boys who are seven and we struggled to get our boys as well. And we talked a lot during those years and, um, uh, you know, so those are kind of the things that are about me. There are seven. My boys are, I also have a five-year-old daughter. They keep me busy and crazy. And we are here now. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay. Sorry, that so was now a lot. that you all can connect with Renee a little bit, I am ready for my questions. Okay. okay. So the first one we're going to kind of start in what most people think about is, you know, your fitness level. Um, so two years ago, I was lucky enough to get chosen by the Today Show to join you on the Transform 20 launch and do a six week. Um, program with you and go to New York and all the fun stuff. We had, we were able to have dinner on the last time we were there and you started talking to me about this idea you had for a new program. And you were asking my questions and thoughts about it. And you wanted to do a program for anybody could do. Didn't have to be the highest fitness level person. Maybe someone who had a lot of weight to lose, someone who'd never worked out. Was that let's get up? Was that your idea back then? Or did it evolve from something different? It's so interesting you asked that. Um, for so long, it's been since then. It must have been right since then because we had just finished Transform 20. But yes, I've always wanted to create something that was overall fitness. And while I have like the rocking bodies and the hip hop abs and the size, this was something where it it didn't look so fitnessy to the point where people are like, okay, that's just another fitness workout. So that's why I really was happy to have like the dance portion, but it's also the toning portion. And it's also the insanity portion. That's easier than the workout, the insanity workout itself. And there's days where you are just lifting weight. So I have really, really been, striving to create something like this for a long time. And I'm so glad you asked that because last summer when I was actually having conversations with Beachbody, wanted to, they asked me, what do you want to create? And I was like, I want to reach a different demographic of people and not just the person that needs to get off the couch. You know, they say, get off the couch in quotes. For me, it's let's reach the person that doesn't really want to work out or they worked out before or they can't find consistency in working out because it's not fun. And so when they agreed to let me do this and I'm, I was just super excited because I knew that I would show up on camera being 100% Sean Blocker. And I'm so happy you said that earlier because, you know, Sean T is Sean T. But the person on that screen is actually Sean Blo Sean Blocker. Like, I did not have to prepare 
to be anything except for, you know, make sure I knew my workouts before I got on stage. But usually before I do like a transform 20, I go into this like meditative state and I'm like, or, you know, max 30 and I have to be like, you know, I have to conjure up the energy because those workouts are so, so, so intense where this is like, I'm just, all right, let's just hang out. So yes, the answer to your question is yes. And I'm so happy you brought that up because I remember that day we were sitting at the Western Hotel eating some good yes, old food. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's cool to see how that trans- really transformed in two years that you brought it to fruition. And you certainly can see your uh, your joy when you're on there, which kind of actually brings me to a question I was going to ask later, but since you talked about it, confidence, you exude confidence. So at what point did you just say, I am going to be Sean T unapologetically me? Was there like, did you grow into that? Was there just a defining moment that was like, I don't care what other people think or say? Yeah, you know, thank you. The seed was planted a very long time ago. And like anything else, my confidence grew just like a tree would grow, right? But for me, and a lot of people who have read my book, it happened on the night that I moved out of my house and I moved into my grandparents' house. I actually felt so free. I was just away from toxicity. And I just remember for the first 14 years of my life, I wasn't truly enjoying life. Like I wasn't living like birthdays, holidays. It was just, I just used to ask myself, why are people so excited? Because I was so miserable. And then once I turned 14 and I started to go to high school, I just remember not giving a bleep. I was just like, I spent my entire life not being who I am. And then I just like slowly worked into me kind of being me to where I was 16 years old. And the first person that I told that I was gay was myself, you know, and then once I did that, I started to accept myself a little more. I started to really excel in sports because I just started to like push away anything that could hold me back. And then it just really, really, really grew from there. And I think that each time, you know, I reach or we all reach a different point in our lives, there's still something that can kind of like hinder your confidence in different areas, especially as you age, right? <laughs> you know, but yeah. then I always go back to, well, I'm not going to hide myself. And and social media has this entire while it's really great to connect, it's also extremely horrible for people to have to like fake who they are. And even as a fitness motivator, if you will, there are times where you're like, oh, I'm this kind of trainer. And then you're like, I want to be that. And then you're like, oh, I'm this kind of trainer. And I'm just like, no. Whereas now, if you follow my Instagram, I'm like, it's not that I'm a, a fitness trainer or a fitness guru. It's that I am me. And it's just, this is just what you get. And if you don't want to be a part of it, I am complete, I am so fine with it. I'm like completely fine with it (laughs) because I started to realize that the people who want to be around you are the people that accept your confidence, right? There's like, there are plenty of celebrities out there. And even like somebody like a Beyonce who like the world loves, there are people that's like, eh, she's not for me, but that doesn't stop her from Mm -hmm. being her. And I think that, when we stop ourselves from being ourselves for from for someone else who's going to walk away, they're going to eat, they're going to sleep, they're not going to care about you, and we hinder ourselves because of what other people think about us, 
it's like the craziest thing to me. And so I was like, well, as long as I'm being a good person and I'm being myself, then that's, that's the only thing I can give you. And that's definitely a hard thing. I, I still struggle with that part, but you actually answered a couple more of my questions, but is there anything that you would change about yourself or that you are striving to change that, you know, maybe you don't like about yourself? Oh, this is tough. So I'm going to work through this question. <laughs> I'm going to work through this answer. I should say, um, I used to hate my face. I used to hate my face and people who have read my book, they know, like I used to like, I always used to feel like my face was like really fat and I had these big cheeks because I was always still looking at the person that was 50 pounds overweight. But now I love my face. I'm like, bitch, I'm fine. You know, like it's, you know, so that was something I struggled with for a while. Um, I used to struggle with the stretch marks on my butt. I know that's like a lot. Like I used to really hate that about myself because I gained a lot of weight really quickly until I was just, and now I don't even really see them anymore necessarily, meaning like they don't carry a lot of weight with me. Um, and I don't really know now if there's something I don't like about myself because it was, it was also my patience. Like I hated how impatient yeah. I was. And it's so interesting you asked that question because I came downstairs today because, you know, we're living with Scott's mom and dad. You know, I look at Bill and like, Bill don't give a fuck. Like, he does not. Bill is like, this is me. And I would always be like, wow, like, how does he have that, you know, zero f attitude, if you will, but not in a mean way, like he's better than anybody else. Right. Just so I was actually walking to the trash can today to put something in the trash this morning. And, you know, I just started to think, you know, I'm going to be 43 in about. 10 days or so. And I was just kind of like, wow, I really am starting to not really care what people think about me. And a lot of it has to do with knowing Bill over the last 10 years. Cause I used to actually be like, there's no way you could not care. There's no way, you know, I used to be like, but I'm, I'm around him a lot. And he's like, well, you know, if I hurt someone's feelings or if someone's sad or if something I did or they interpreted something the wrong way, he's like, absolutely, I care. But he said, in terms of who I am, you know, it's like I've been on this earth for 78 yeah. years, you know, and this is, you know, I've learned to grow into me. So it's really fun to kind of do that. So I wouldn't, I don't really think there's anything I don't like about myself at the moment. At the it moment. It always evolve. It could always evolve into something that I don't know about. And everyone needs a little Bill Blocker in their life and that, uh, exactly. And stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about relationships a little bit. Ooh. First, your professional relationships. You have a great team around you. You know, you, you have been able to maintain longevity with people. People want to be around you. So what, how, how do you cultivate lasting relationships in business um, even with say the Beachbody family themselves, because you've had a long-standing relationship, um, can't have always been good, you know, mm -hmm. but you've maintained their respect and with, whether it's with Carl Deichler or the other trainers, but also your core people. Yeah. So one of the, the first thing for me is I try to just create good energy with people. And I think that's just the first thing. Like if, 
you know, actually Chip said this to me a couple months ago, how he loved, because I was like, you know, I think I asked him something like, do you like your job or do you like coming to work? Like, I'm totally fine if you say no, you know, because I'm just like, and he was saying how, you know, he just really enjoys it because he's like, you're always exciting and happy. And like, even when I'm stressed, like I still carry good energy. And so that's, for me, it's about the energy you provide to people. But more importantly than that, I really take an a proactive approach on looking up to the people that work with me. Like I'm always learning from someone, you know, we hired Alex when she was very young. And mm-hmm. even at that moment, instead of looking at her at the time as like my assistant, I'm just like, well, you know, there were times where I was like, wow, like she's such a socialite and she has style and personality. And maybe she didn't even know all this about herself. But as she has grown, like I've always been like, oh, what can I learn from her? What can I learn from her? Even with Scott as my spouse, you know, I try to make him my boss because I have to really put people. Scott hates says he hates when he puts people on a pedestal. But me, I actually really like it, especially if they're on Team Shanti, because it keeps me looking at them for things and not being like, well, I'm the boss and do as I say, you know. And obviously we have Chip and Elliot now and I let people run with their expertise, you know, and, and really try to try to guide that way. Uh, and I think that, you know, we've had minimal issues in terms of, you know, our team now, but there has been times in the building of my team with people who aren't here anymore that were a, an absolute nightmare and, and people who didn't work out. So it doesn't always work out. Um, but I never like to badmouth people when they're not a part of the team because I'm just like, for what? And first of all, none of us are perfect anyway, so it is what it is. But um, so it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it's definitely I definitely try to carry the energy to to really kind of keep people uplifted, keep their spirits high. And everybody will tell you, I tell everyone that's ever worked for me, I'm like, if there's a point where you don't want to work for me anymore, I'm really not going to be offended. And the reason why is because. I didn't get here where I am by just having one job or not like progressing in my life. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but I also feel like my team feels the freedom to, you know, do things that they love, still have their passions because I think it helps people grow. I mean, I got a side hustle, you know, so I, I, I really encourage people to, to, even if you're working with me or for me, if you will, continue to do the things. Uh, as far as Beachbody goes, it's a little bit different because I'm, contracted into that company. And I think that I've lasted a really long time and maybe other people haven't is obviously for many reasons and people's own personal, you know, stories and, 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 and relationships. But for me, even when times weren't great in terms of like the relationship, cause you like, you know, every relationship has its ups and downs. Yep. Um, for me, I always go back to why I did it. And that really saves a lot. I'm just like, I do it for the people. There was one time where I left a shoot and I was like, I'm never doing this again. It was just like, it was a nightmare. I was super stressed. I could not wait to leave that shoot. I was just like extremely overwhelmed. It just became too much. And I remember walking away being like, 
I'm never doing this again. I was like, I'm never doing this again. And then I realized that it's just that I needed a break and I needed to find my own growth in order to get back in front of the camera. And so by working on yourself and con- or myself, I should say, and continuing to work on myself, you know, I found my love to be in front of the camera again. And I think that for me, especially with my team, I try not to keep it bored and boring. I try to like keep it lively. It's been really tough with the pandemic, obviously, but we love to go on international trips. You know, we love to, I love to go with my team to amusement parks, like things that don't necessarily, you don't need to for work, but it's just like to keep the energy high and keep that playful spirit. And um, so, yeah, but now in terms of going back to Beachbody, you know, I think that there's like this incredible trust that they have in me and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And I think not for the first time, I, I know that they have always appreciated me, appreciated my talent, appreciated my delivery and what I bring to the table. But I think now there's this, they see the depth of who I am and how I can really help impact not just my workouts, but just the company in general in, in a really good way. So I think it's, it's super fun and it's great and I'm having a good time and I get to put out new content and, you know, but like I said, there's definitely roller coaster rides with every relationship. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I know I'm biased, but they're lucky to have you. And there's a lot of people out there who uh, are inspired by you, as you already know, and whatever. And it's funny because I know you, obviously. And you like things a certain way, but yet it just seems like you also give your people, you're not a micromanager of, of individuals and their creativity and what they bring, which um, as someone who works for people and has people under me, that's, you know, a good leadership skill to have. So, Thank you. You know, I always, I despise when I would work for somebody that was like over looking over my shoulder and there is a balance, right? There is the balance of, cause sometimes being, not being a micromanager, you sometimes don't want to, you don't give enough information to, but for Mm -hmm. me, freedom is really important. And I'd rather somebody feel really free than feel constricted to actually come with all of who they are. So thank you so much. Okay. So next relationship with Scott, I've obviously been privy enough to be around you guys since the beginning, since he literally called me in my office and said, I need you to go on the computer and look up Sean T. He's, and I'm like, what? And like, and I looked him up and I'm like, I'm like the hip hop abs guy. That's a, that was exactly the conversation we had. And that's how he told me who he was dating. And then from there on. So, so funny. Okay. So I saw you bring out a different confidence in him that he didn't have necessarily, especially about himself. And as his friends, you know, we certainly worried about that, but you brought that out in him and his ability to be like, 
screw you. I am who <laughs> I am. And so um, you guys are a couple goals to a lot of people, but also not perfect and never perfect. So what would you say to someone um, who's two, you know, two are in a relationship and both people are, are definitely different sides of the spectrum, but how do you bring out the best in your spouse and them you? I, you actually have to admit what they're better at than you. I think when you start to do that, you argue less. I know Scott is better at managing finances and he is way more patient <laughs> and super nice. And all three of those things used to piss me the fuck off. Like I used to be like, how can you be that nice? Like, I want to get, I want to argue, you know? And like, I would be like, I don't, you know, why do I have to save this you know, money or it, it's <laughs> the patience and stuff like that. And it's just that we are all so fixed in our ways that the thing that act, actually makes us opposite of our spouse, I bet you everybody can be like, oh, well, that's what we argue about most. Like some, you know, so I, and then what you, what you do, I'll talk about the mistakes you make. And he did, he does the same thing. And what we would do sometimes especially in like those heated, heated moments that we would try to change who the other person is instead of trying to understand that that's what they're, number one, that's who they are. And number two, you just mad because, you know, he's more patient than you. This is what I say to myself. Or you're just mad because yeah. he's he knows how to spend money better than you. You know, you're just mad because, you know, he's nicer than you. You know, and a lot, I know a lot of people yeah. think I'm nice, but or whatever, I'm a nice person, but you know, in those situations. And he would look at me and look at my confidence, you know, and feel like I was being mean or like I didn't have a mm -hmm. care because I'm so confident. So you actually fight against what they're, what the other person is just really good at and who they are instead of saying, can you teach me how to be like that? Like if you can actually go to your spouse and say, can you teach me how to be like that? Instead of being like, why are you like that? You, That's and it, it took us a long time to get there. You know, generally we're best friends, right? Like we love everything from sports to traveling. You know, our intimate life is incredible. You know, we just, we have all these really great ways of connecting or whatever, but they are three areas, at least from me to him. I had to like admit some of these things. I'm like, well, you're just mad because you don't have it together like that, you know? And so yeah. I, I'm just like, okay, well, can you teach me? <laughs> you know that's what I mean? So, that's so good because but it's hard, same it's, thing. but it's so hard, right? It's so hard to say you're more patient than me. It's extremely mm -hmm. hard to do that because you're insecure about that. Or you, that's some of the reasons why you failed. And so with Scott specifically, and they're just three examples, I can give you more. Um, but I know Scott used to, um, one of the things from his end is he used to always try to fix me and he used to be like, I'm, you know, I'm going to fix it. And I'm like, don't fix me. And the reason why I don't want to be fixed is because I actually like finding my way through the maze and he yep. struggled so much with finding his way to being comfortable being gay. Whereas me, I strive through struggle. I'm like, put me in the hardest maze. And so we used to really butt heads about that because I'm like, no, like, let me let me do the struggle and you can't fix me. You know, so we just had these like really, I mean, it'll be 
in 2022 it'll be 10 years of marriage 12 years together and so whilst for some people that might not be a lot for us it is a lot because whereas a lot of spouses they wake up in the morning they go to work for you know eight ten hours a day they come home and they have weekends together scott and i are pretty much together 24 hours a day so our 12 years coming up is going to be literally like 24 years of being together um when you compare it to other couples so anyway that's a really great question and no one's actually ever asked me that before yeah good well you know bill and i are in the same we're 11 years so we kind of followed the same path and we have enjoyed wine nights on Friday together. It's definitely brought us some conversations where we're like, hey, just talked about that. And we're like, all right, let's dive into that. Get the wine, get the alcohol, let's dive into Yeah, I just need a little, a little something to drink before we go all the way in. <laughs> Which is funny, even with your spouse, you kind of got to like loosen up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, okay. After the things we've been through for fertility and stuff, you'd think it would be easy, but <laughs> sometimes it's not. Yes. Okay. Still relationships a little bit with the boys. So parenting twins brings about a very different thing. I mean, yes, you can parent two children, but twins just they has a different level of stuff. Mm. So just describe your relationship with each of the boys, with how, with Sander and Silas, and how is each the same and each of that each of those relationships different. Oh my gosh, that is such a great question. Never asked before, and it's so great to get it from a twin parent. Uh, so I'll start with, my, start with my relationship with Silas. He is like literally the most loving human being, but like he is King Kong trapped into a three-year-old's body. So here's the interesting so thing. So he and my relationship, like, so when I leave in the morning, like he gives everyone a kiss when they leave. But a lot of times, like if I leave in the morning before you know, his teachers or nannies get there, like he'll walk me to the door and he'll stand at the door and see me go. And he will, there have been times where he literally like cries his eyes out, you know, if I drive off in a car. Mm -hmm. And it's because this is going to sound really weird to some people, but you know, we had our kids obviously via surrogacy and Scott and I uh, fertilized eggs or whatever. I think a lot of people know that. And my connection to Silas is very similar to my connection with Scott. It is like, cause he, Silas is a wild, crazy boy, but he has Scott's like unbelievably like sweet demeanor, like very thoughtful, extremely caring. Um, and, you know, he will stand there sometimes. Like if I'm thinking of something and he'll be like, what are you thinking about Papa? Like he's very, you know, so my relationship with him is, it's, it's just very similar to Scott, but I'm also the person where, you know, he has amazing nannies and he's really rough, rough with them. And they're like, you know, don't be so rough. And then he comes up to me, he's really rough with me and they tell him not to be rough. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like our relationship mm -hmm. is wrestling and like, I throw him around and it's just like, you know, it's just that, but he will always be my baby. Like now I know why parents say mom, I even texted my mom yesterday and I said, do you still consider me to be your baby boy? And she called me up right away. She was like, you will always be my baby boy. Mm -hmm. And it's different with Sandra, which I'll talk about in a second, but Silas will always be my baby boy. I don't care when he's 40 and I'm 79 years old. I just know that I will never forget that face and like 
just our connection is just crazy. Even when, you know, I remember one time he was really sick and, you know, I, I picked him up and I was like, you know, rubbing his back. He said, he just looked at me like, Papa, can you make me feel better? And it's like when he's scared or when he's really sick, like I'm the one he comes to. So it's, it's, so that's my connection with uh, Silas. Sander is different. Sander is like, he, he's like enamored by me. He's very, I think he sees me in himself or vice versa. You know, he sees, cause he loves to dance. And if he's dancing and I turn and watch him, he like, he does this thing with his face. He goes like, cause he doesn't want me to like, look at him. He loves singing. Yeah. He, he acts like me, you know, he wants his hair like me. He, he sits in my lap all like, I can't even eat my dinner. So he like, I think he kind of sees me and him and I, that's just, I mean, and then the connection is just like that. Both of the boys, when they run mm-hmm. in the room in the morning, you know, they, good morning, Papa, you know, and I'm like, go say hi mm-hmm. to dad, dad, because I'm, I'm also more of that, that, um, I'm the stern parent, you know, I'm very much like, I'm not taking no shit where Scott yeah. takes a little more shit, just a little bit. <laughs> um, but back to my relationship with Sander, I, he's, he's very, I don't know. Like he's very, um, he's like an old soul and he's very eccentric. Like the, this week he has had rainbow hair. Like his nanny puts in like weaves in his hair and he has rainbow hair and he wants to paint his nails and he wants to, you know, even when he builds with his toys, like it's very colorful. And he asked 20,000 questions a day. And I never, ever, 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 ever not answer any of them. I answer every single one of them with complete sentences. It's like, he's like, Papa, why are you doing that? I'm doing that because, and he'll ask why. So, um, but anyway, but that's my individual relationships with the boys. And then I think the one thing that is the, that connects the two is I love being their teacher. Um, I love reading to them. I really make sure they know how to behave and listen. And while they don't do it with us all the time, when you see them go to swim and gymnastics, you could tell that they, Mm -hmm. I don't, you want to use the word train, but you know, they have good home training, if you will. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, it's just, but I'm also like, I love to play with them. Like I love, I'm the one that's like, let's go to an amusement park. Let's, you know, let's do the fun Mm -hmm. type of thing. And Scott's like, oh, he's like, okay, like, well, let's go. But um, I'm the crazy parent with well, both of them. It has been fun watching you and Scott with them, just because my boys are just a couple years older, so I get to kind of relive some of those things. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I'm going to be calling you soon about what to expect, because I know that it's going to be coming up soon where they're going to start to get super independent, and because oh. it's already happening. They still love sitting on my yeah. lap, but I just know that there's going to be a day and I'm just going to be like, <laughs> when they stop wanting to Yeah, that. they don't want anything to do with you. But they're still always going to want you. In those private times when nobody else is around, they're still going to want you. Um, is there something that you think parents are doing in today's day and age that are screwing kids up? Um, that's a really good question. And hard for me to answer because I think we all screw things up. You know, I, I, I said to Scott... 
I don't care how great we are as we think we are as parents or how many amazing compliments we get from our fit fam and, and people who follow us on social media. I'm like, our boys are still going to need therapy. Every single one of us will. <laughs> they will. I mean, they are I growing agree. up in a, uh, a two parent household, both are dads, you know, living with the grandparents and moving homes. And Scott and I, in some ways, have two different parenting styles. And I just know that no matter our intention is to raise them, our intention is to make them the best that they can be. But they also receive that in a different way and they look at us however they look at us. And so, um, you know, I can't say whether a parent is raising their kid right or wrong. I, but what I can say is, and this is the thing that I think is most important, is even if you're doing the best you can do, it's not perfect. So try to do the best that you can do. Like instead of messing up to mess up, like don't compound the F up, you know, in parenting. Do the best yeah. that you can do because it's still going to require more work later in life. And and I think that's just the thing is don't exacerbate what's already going to happen. And I know I don't want that to sound negative because there are probably people out there that's like, my kid's on a schedule. They eat vegetables. You know, they they get straight A's in school. Well, I know plenty of people, like one of my friends said as a child, he never had any issues with his parents. His parents even got a divorce. And he was like, oh my gosh, like I just had this incredible childhood. And then he told me last year, he said, but I had no idea how to deal with conflict when I got older. He's like, I have no idea how to deal with conflict because I never saw it. And so, you know, I tell parents, be the best parent you can be. But even the best of parents, in quotes, that never argue, that never do this, their kid's going to have to learn something. It gets, it's going to affect them some way. So as long as we're doing the best we can do, we minimize the amount of therapy they're going to need later. <laughs> Everybody deserves a good therapist. Exactly. Okay. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So this one kind of might be deep. I hope it's okay. It's sort of about what's going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. My boys are blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Irish-skinned boys. Yours are brown-skinned, dark-haired cuties. 15 years from now, what I should say this, what could I be saying as the mom to my boys now to teach them? What, what would you want me to be teaching them so that in 15 years when our four boys are out about hanging out, 
they might not have to deal with quite what's going on. Cause I'm clearly having to tell my boys different things than you may be having to tell yours. And I'm so bothered by that over the last year, but I know it's true. Yeah. So like, what, what would you want me to say to my, my, my boys? First of all, that is a really great question. And two other things. One, I think it's really brave of you to answer that, ask that question. And I also think it's, um, could be in, in some ways vulnerable because, here's the thing I'll say. I know you. I know you're not a racist person. I know you're extremely open-minded. But what happens in some of these households that are extremely open-minded, not racist, you know, whatever, is that because life is good for them, they don't feel like they have to deliver these messages to their children. Don't talk to the kids about that. Like, they don't need to know what's going on. Yes, they do. My kids knew what a pandemic was immediately when a pandemic, we told them everything about it. And so I think the biggest mistake people make is, well, our house is fine and we are, we're accepting of everyone, but okay, that's fine. But just like the other day, Sander was at the park and a little girl, a little boy didn't want to play with him because he looked different. They're like, he looks different than me. Now for me, I could, I could say, but the, you know, he heard that at home, but at the same time, he may not have heard it at home. His parents may have, they may not be in any way racist, but they didn't say, Hey, when you leave the house, you're going to experience so many different types of people. And this is who they are and love them. And everybody's created equal. And if you know, whatever. And so for me, it's just, I don't want to say educate your children. It's more of like, help them understand that there's so many different types of people, places, things in the world travel. If you can, I know with the pandemic, but you know, when Sander asked if he could paint his nails rainbow, the minute I, then I immediately said, Oh, and I'll do it with you. And can I have rainbow hair? Absolutely. Um, and it was one time Silas saw on, uh, one of, you know, those iPads, they have all kinds of crazy shows. And even if it's a kid show. Mm -hmm. And he said one day, he said, a little boy was wearing a pink or something. He's like, pink is for girls. And I was like, no, it's not. And I had to mm -hmm. sit him down. I was like, little boys can wear pink. Girls can wear blue. Boys can have, put a wig on. Like, boys can wear a dress if they want to. And guess what? Silas ended up being a witch for Halloween and wearing a dress. And when we went to Ross... He wanted pink shoes because I nipped it in the oh, bud yeah. right away. I was like, that doesn't exist, buddy. I was like, it mm -hmm. doesn't exist. And I said, some people have two moms. Some people have two dads. Some people are taken care of by their grandparents. Some people have one mom. Some people have a, like, and I, and I tell them this a lot so that when they do go out into the world, they're not going to be like, oh my God, that person is different. They're just going to be like, hey, you know? And so, yeah. Actually, my one of my I have two tennis coaches now, and one of my tennis coaches, he's twenty seven or twenty eight. He's like very all American guy, and we just started talking one day, and I was like floored to know that his parents raised him. He's like how we're talking about. He's like, he's like, I don't care if you're gay, I don't care if you're trans. Like, if you want to hit with me, I'm going to hit with you. And I just think that parents should just really not just let it fall by the wayside and expect just because they may be and have certain views and accept everyone that their kids know. Like, it's okay to talk to your kids about these things, 
no matter how young they are. That's so good. Cause I do feel like that's where, like you said, you know me, we have these things, but I always was like, we accept everybody. So let's just leave it at that. And I've learned certainly that, you know, well, let's talk about it. And, and my boys see you and Scott and the boys, and it's just uncle Scott and uncle Sean and it's Sander and Silas. And I'm glad for that, but I still feel like I have to educate them on some things and yeah. And I also think the right thing. I also think that I want to tell people out there, it's okay to say to your kid, if they're white, to be like, these are black kids. These are, you don't have to say they're African-American. No, these are the black kids. The, like, don't tell me you don't see color because kids will see, they will know what's different. So it's just like, these are the black kids. These are white kids. This person is Latin. You know, that person, if they have a black mom and a white dad and they're in school and it's like, they're like, oh, why does that person have curly hair? Why do they look different? Oh, one of their parents is black and one of their per- parents is white. And when they make a baby, you know, that this is the, com- like, I think it's like, why hide it from them? Let them understand. Like yep. kids are sponges and they don't judge unless they hear it. Yeah, that's so good. Because I do think as sometimes in someone like me, we're afraid to say those things for saying the wrong thing. But people who are true and their heart is real should be able to say that. And, you know, my kids come home and they're like, they'll say, oh, Joey. And I'm like, oh, what about Joey? And he'll be like, well, he's got brown skin. Okay, let's let's talk about Joey and what you guys did and how he's your friend or whatever the case may exactly. be. So I'm kind of opening that up a little bit. Um, so anyways, that's, you know, it's kind of a tough it shouldn't be as tough to talk about, but I mean, it's, it's definitely been, obviously, with everything going on in yes. our world. I just have a couple of fun questions. Okay. If you, if you could take over some anybody's social media for the day, whose would it be and why? And what would you do? Oh, man. That is a great question. I would probably say it would be Serena's, Serena Williams' social <laughs> media. Um because I would literally tease her the entire time because she's a big jokester. She is like the absolute worst when it comes to pranking people and teasing people. I remember one time I was playing tennis with against her and she hit the mm-hmm. ball three times as hard as she could at me. And like later that night, she was like, I'm sorry. I was like, don't worry about it. I'm gonna get you back. <laughs> you know, um, so I would love to do some tennis. I would love to like, you know, model her clothes, even if it was like a dress just for fun. Like, I just think it'd be so fun to, to, and she loves Disney and, you know, just dance to Disney songs and invite Venus over. I I don't know. I just think it'd be really fun to do. And then also I would love to obviously, even though I've done it before, get another tennis lesson with her coach, Patrick Maradoglu, because hello, you know, if you're Serena Williams, you get the best of the best in tennis. So um, it would definitely be Serena. And uh, I think it would be absolutely hilarious. That would be fun. That would be funny. What would the theme song of your life be if you picked one? It's so funny. I don't, <laughs> it's it's tough to pick one at the moment, but I think it would be, and the reason why I'm saying this song is because when I was doing my Shanti Transforms America tour, when my book came out, like this song I play all the time. And it's, the song is, This Is The Life by Fifth Harmony. You know, cause I just believe like, at every moment, I think most people want to enjoy their life and they want to be like, they want to mm-hmm. feel joy and they want to feel freedom about their life. And that song, like when the beat comes in and at the end of the day, like this is 
this is the life. And it, it really pushes me to really enjoy what I'm doing at this moment. When live events return, is Buffalo going to be on the calendar? I'm thinking that after 11 years of knowing you, 12 years, almost 12 years of knowing you, I think it's time to get it's Buffalo time. on the calendar. Give us a chance. I have a contingent of people. You will not be disappointed I know, in doing an event here. I definitely know I won't be disappointed <laughs> doing an event with you. Yeah. I think it'll be really great. And um, yeah, I can't wait. Renee, thank you so, so much. This is so fun. <sighs> You asked really great questions that I've never gotten before. And hopefully everyone... thank you. I was trying to be different. Of course. Uh, And hopefully everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed. And um, even with some of the tough questions and questions about the world and children, I think that uh, it will help you grow and trust and believe a little bit more in who you are and your family.